Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 79 with the one and only Eric Stoller. Uh, so it's been a long time since I have spoken with him, so it's really great to uh, catch up and hear all about uh, what's been going on for Eric since he uh, came back stateside from living in the UK for five years, um, and since he also took a role with uh, Gecko Engage as their VP of Digital Strategy, uh, working with them uh, to be advocating for the use of uh, chatbots in higher education, which is uh, really cool stuff. But um, yeah, it's always great talking with Eric. Uh, just always appreciate uh, everything that he uh, shares about his journey and things that he's learned and what he's working on. Um, just always a good time uh, talking with him. So uh, check out a couple of things that we mentioned in this episode down in the show notes as usual. Uh, make sure to connect with uh, Eric and Gecko Engage. And uh, yeah, just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode number 79 with Eric Stoller. Um, I do remember talking to you a long time ago. It's like stuck in my mind more so on my end because uh, it was like one of the rare sort of like acts of a higher power when uh, recorded. So I'm not sure if you remember this, where like my file just got corrupted and I like had to sort of like humbly ask you to record again, which you grace, you know, you graciously did again. You recorded again and it was great because it was such a great episode. I really wanted to make sure that we did it. So I always remember that as one of these rare times where it just like, completely lost an episode but was still able to salvage it by just like recording again and i always appreciated that you uh, were willing to do a redo on that and i'm really excited to talk to you again after uh, many years and a lot of change that's happened for you and and myself but um so yeah so we'll get into all that but thank you so much for taking the time yeah, no, thanks, Dustin. Thanks for, uh, you know, letting me come back. And uh, I, 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 I guess I should have scripted all of my remarks so that just in case the episode, <laughs> you know, goes down again, I could just re repeat everything and we could just stick it in there. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I really appreciate the chance to, to, you know, have a chat and, you know, come on the show. You're, you're getting what, in like the like 70 some episodes now. So you've got quite the run going. I do. I do. It's uh, yeah, been a fun ride. And I guess we'll see if like, like, is this curse? Are we never meant to record or something if this happens again? But uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Exactly. Not everything looks good, but um, so yeah, we will start just giving uh, an introduction of yourself. Um, so if you want to just uh, tell people who you are and kind of a short version of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, well, because anyway, no one wants to hear like the full bio. So, uh, you know, <laughs> sort of, you know, what I'm doing right now is I'm the, the VP of digital strategy for a uh, higher ed chatbots company called Gecko Engage. Uh, and I've been working there now since uh, September of 2019. Uh, but I've always been a student affairs person. I, I have my graduate degrees in higher ed admin. Uh, I've worked in academic advising, student services, sort of the marketing and comm side of things, as well as health promotion and wellness, uh, and had a, a nine-year run prior to my new job um, as a digital engagement consultant. And I was also the student affairs and technology blog for that nine-year period. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've kind of been been really busy. And I've also lived in a different country for the for five years, uh, from what, 2014 to 2019. So I lived in the UK. And so I was doing consulting over there as well. So I've got, uh, maybe I'll throw in some, some British words uh, in the podcast. <laughs> right, some slang. It'll just confuse people. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, your journey is uh, very unique. So it'd be cool to explore it a little bit. But uh, what is always interesting to me is like talking with people People kind of thinking back to their own the kind of origin stories, you know, primarily kind of like, you know, hired focused on this show. So, you know, whether people work within the field or not, it's always cool hearing um, their own college stories, uh, things that, you know, are still resonating with them today um, in their life, whether it's personal or professional, you know, mentors, friends, uh, any of those sort of things are just sort of like life lessons. Um, what kind of comes to mind in terms of like, what do you feel like your own college experience gave to you um, that's still resonating today? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think when I, whenever I'm asked this type of question, I always think back to uh, my grandfather who never even graduated from high school, who when I, as far as I can remember when I was a little kid, it would, it would tell me, you know, stay in school as long as possible. You know, if, if they will let you stay in school, stay in there and learn as much as possible uh, as you can. And I always kind of took that advice to heart. And so, you know, in, in my career, I've sort of, you know, I went to college and loved it and then kind of, you know, found my way back uh, into higher ed and, and never really left. And I think that, you know, personally, you know, I grew up in, in sort of small town, rural Iowa. Uh, and I, I always thought that, you know, higher ed, because uh, I went to community college first, and then I went on to a university. And, uh, you know, it kind of gave me this window into sense of, um, I guess, unexplored potential, uh, you know, you know, sort of showing me, you know, things that I didn't know before, and, 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 and pushing me to think about things in ways I hadn't before. And I, I think that, you know, it, it's still very much part of, you know, kind of who I am as an ethos. And I think, but professionally, I mean, just from some of the, the things that I, I, I took away from, you know, I was, a, I was a jazz trombonist in a community college and I had, you know, solos on the stage. And mm-hmm. then I went on to be, you know, kind of someone who does a lot of public speaking. And I think that there's a lot of sort of in terms of what it takes to be on a stage and sort of getting over nerves and, you know, feeling anxiety or whatnot with that to just simple things like, when I was a, a student at University of Northern Iowa, learning graphic design and website design, and and, and becoming a better writer throughout that whole time, uh, and and those are things that they still serve me well to this day. Yeah. Well, and I think too, what's interesting with what you're saying, like, you, you know, I'd imagine you're going in to post secondary education at you know through community college, bachelor, you know, four year, and then uh, master's after that, just like wanting to that that value of what you said like from uh you know your grandparent like that you know kind of just like take as much from it as you can versus like i think a lot of people can you know students who you know it's kind of a transactional thing it's just like get me out of here as quickly as possible and and, you know there's certainly some value to that but you know the worry would be that you are just really kind of checking the boxes and just trying to kind of rubber stamp your way to the credential. And then you go on and it's like, well, you kind of really missed out on like, yeah, all these like sort of extracurricular things or just like other things that you could do that would be really meaningful and be really uh, valuable throughout your entire life. So um, like, I think it's just, yeah, a cool thing, like a cool value that uh, was so like, it was a simple little like kind of germ that was like put in that it's, it seems like it really bore out uh, some really valuable uh, things for you. So that's really cool. Um, well, but- definitely. And I, you know, you mentioned my master's degree and I, I always thought when I had my, my undergrad and when I, I had my first student affairs job, my entry level student affairs job prior to having a master's degree. Mm-hmm. And at one point when I was at the university of Illinois at Chicago, someone asked me, so where did you go for grad school? And I said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I have my undergrad degree. I'm good to go, you know, right. set for life in my, in my head. And, and, and so I, I sort of came to, higher ed student affairs, grad program, you know, sort of later in, in, in many ways, I think. And so, you know, that definitely sort of changed my perspective. And I was always the one who was maybe a bit more interested in how technology impacted the student experience at the time. I wouldn't have sort of voiced it that way, but that's kind of been at the heart of, of, of just sort of me and, and what I've enjoyed doing. Yeah. Well, that segues beautifully to my next question in terms of like, yeah, like your current work is still sort of, you know, in that space of uh, kind of those intersections of uh, technology, digital engagement and uh, student experience. So um, you obviously made kind of a, 
a big change going from kind of working independently to joining uh, a team to, uh, you know, work in definitely a unique aspect of kind of like chatbots and that kind of digital engagement stuff within higher ed. So, you know, just talk a little bit about what you're enjoying, you know, about your current work, maybe what drew you to it originally. And now that you've been doing it for, uh, you know, a handful of months, just what you've been been enjoying that's keeping you engaged as, you know, you kind of get deeper into it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of ironic that I end up working for a company named Gecko Engage, you know, with Engage in the the, the name of the company. Right. I mean, I and, and, you know, kind of one of the, the ironic aspects of it was that I sort of got to interview them uh, before, you know, they even knew I was interested in potentially working with them. Because right before uh, I mentioned we lived in the UK and right before uh, my family and I, we moved from the UK, I kind of put out a call and said, hey, is anyone interested in a speaker for one of your conferences or events, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Gecko asked me to come out and speak at their client forum where they just so happened to be releasing uh, their sort of new uh, amazing chatbot. And so I got to see it firsthand while sitting next to all their clients from like UK universities and sort of hearing what they had to say about the company and meeting all the programmers and all the, you know, just the entire team. And and I didn't really think know it at the time, but that was the moment where I was really sort of getting to know them and get to sort of know the technology, and it was really impressive. I mean, I I had been on this nine year run as a consultant where I thought this is a, this is my favorite job. I made up this job. It's my job, tailored to me. Mm-hmm. And and then when we moved back to the U.S., I started thinking, you know what? I've been doing the social media digital engagement thing specifically for nine years, and 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 before that, kind of part time. And, and this whole chatbot thing really was intriguing to me in terms of how artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, natural language processing, you know, how it all kind of came together to provide the same kind of stuff I've been talking about in terms of, you know, enhanced ways to support students in terms of resources and information 24-7, 365 through various apps and platforms. And I thought this to me feels like the next evolution for student engagement. So I'm just going to say to them, hey, what if I work for you? And, and that was that was kind of the, the, the genesis of it all. I kind of pitched them on my idea of a position. Uh, and essentially, I, I'm very fortunate. I get to do for Gecko Engage what I was doing prior uh, to that, which is sort of speaking at events, uh, providing thought leadership through blog posts and other uh, channels uh, and, and working with higher ed leaders to sort of get them to understand the value of sort of the next stage of technology, which feels very similar to how it used to be when I sort of go in and talk about social media back in the early days mm, yeah um so now yeah to given that like the skills that uh you kind of built uh with that now are still serving you well which is uh it's, yeah it's really great um because yeah definitely i mean i guess as with anything you, you kind of just have to like even norm the idea of you know because i think i'm sure people are just kind of skeptical especially you know within higher ed with you know just guys Again, it, it is a, a unique value, but like long-standing traditions, maybe slower to move or adapt. But um, you know, obviously, increasingly being influenced by technology. But I think it's hopefully, I guess, I don't know if you want to speak to this, maybe really briefly. But like, hopefully, it's like an easier sell because I think it's like in my head people are probably somewhat familiar with this because like basically any website you go to nowadays is going to have some sort of like chat feature. That's just like natively, you know, down in like the bottom right hand corner and you can kind of engage to sort of, uh, you know, maybe get your question answered by that, or at least like funnel you in the right way to get, you know, the best help that you need from the best person, you know? So I guess, what does that feel like now? Does it, I guess, does it feel like super similar or do you feel like it's maybe like easier or harder, I guess, in terms of sort of like just norming the idea of these sort of things that are sort of implicit with, you know, 
yeah, like chatbots, AI, machine learning, like those sort of things? Yeah, no, it, it's a great question. And, I, you know, it reminds me of the fact that, you know, higher ed still has fax machines located kind of all over, pla- <laughs> right, all over right. the place. And so I think sort of like how do you get to a place where people can sort of uh, adopt new technologies in without sort of feeling threatened by them? And I think in the case of chatbots, there's the question always comes up. Uh, are, are we going to lose our jobs because of this? Because, you know, the bot's going to sort of replace people. And the, and the thing is, technology doesn't replace people in this context. It just means that people, uh, you know, in their job descriptions and roles will evolve and adapt over time to include these new technologies because mm-hmm. the bots are only as good as we make them. I, I think that the the beauty of, of today's modern chatbot is the complexity and sophistication behind the scenes can provide a very sort of simple, intuitive interface for a user, which back in the day when they first came out, it was it was pretty bad, let's be honest. Right. And now it's, you know, you've got students who are coming in at two in the morning on a Saturday and asking questions to a bot, kind of having this conversation back and forth, and you know, five, six minutes on average for a lot of these conversations. And 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 they're going away saying, Yeah, that actually answered all my questions. And and they can do that at scale. I mean, we had one of our clients, they had something like thirty seven hundred conversations with their bot and they're there it was specifically located on a recruitment side of things on their website mm-hmm. and you know something like over a hundred unique conversations a day and you think about you know what it's handling in terms of you're never going to have enough people to handle that kind of volume and then it's also informing what the people are doing right so if there's themes that emerge and questions that are asked over and over again that can really sort of guide and drive Everything from what's on your your website as a whole to how you're engaging on social media to how you know you're giving presentations at orientation, you know, and I think that's where the data side of things is something maybe we don't talk about enough, but it's it's kind of like almost the secret sauce of chatbots these days is sort mm-hmm. of the data that it's collecting that you can then use to make things even better. Yeah, yeah, that is really awesome. Yeah, I mean, because it could be like, okay, this like they're asking questions about something like it's on the website. But it just seems to not be super clear. So it could be like clarifying it more or it's just like, like you said, like, okay, we need to have a session during orientation. Like this needs to be an active discussion so that we can kind of make sure that things are answered and allow for questions. Like, because it's like, well, it's already on there. There's like a lot of information. We really can't add anymore. It may, you know, make the site too cluttered or something, you know, like it. So yeah, it's like it, it can inform however you feel though you know however you feel that it could be best resolved or something but yeah like otherwise you would not have that sort of uh really tangible really visceral kind of feedback of like okay we yeah you said like hundreds of people like you know unique people separate like they are all uniquely asking like the same question or something so we need to you know make some sort of adjustment here so um Oh, exactly. It's yeah. like that XKCD um, comic where it basically it's like it's a Venn diagram and it shows sort of like things that people want uh, from a university website. And then there's another circle where it's like the university website and trying to sort of combine the two in the middle mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what people actually need uh, and, and want. And I think the other thing about this, of course, is it's super mobile friendly. I mean, I right. if you're if you're sort of constantly thinking that, you know, the experience as as a professional, as a staffer at a desk with a monitor is the same as that of a student who's out on the go. Uh, you're you're kidding yourself. I mean, I think look at students are they're on mobile devices or they're on their laptop, uh, and and we haven't even scratched the surface in talking about how you know AI and machine learning, all the tech that's connected to this behind the scenes, is just perfectly poised to support online learners mm-hmm. because let, because let's face it student affairs you know you talk about sort of tradition and origins of of the profession really that was kind of 
what I think you implied, you know, there hasn't been a lot of attention uh, given to students who never set foot on campus. And I think that's where, again, the technology enables the enhancement of student support uh, without really, you know, it's not like you're getting rid of buildings or, or you know, you're, you're trying to sort of say, hey, guess what? This is an addition to our toolkit in the ways in which we're going to support students now in 2020. And guess what? In 2025, if there's something new and better, that's that's kind of how it goes, because it's not like technology sort of stands still. Um, and, and I think that to me is the, sort of the beauty of it. Right. Because no day is ever the same when you work in a ed tech company. Yes, I agree. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, too, I mean, I'm working in the space of digital education and it's always trying to, you know, I guess in the roles that I've had working with institutions versus like, you know, there's a lot of digital education companies out there that are just companies, you know, doing boot camps or something not associated with any universities at all, which are also fine. But working with institutions, it's it's trying, obviously, like you're working with this, you know, venerable brand. It has like great awareness and has all these great things. But then also it's sort of the downside of like, well, we have to like really build the capacity to support online learners and utilize these sort of tools to do that. And yeah, right now, I think it is definitely a, a moment where dynamic, you know, chat features and things like in an LMS, you know, learning management system, uh, like canvas or yeah, like uh, something on a recruitment website, like there's now really great platforms that can do that. And I think that's certainly a, uh, a trend that I think we'll, we'll see kind of, uh, uh, rippling out quite a bit. Um, and, and, you know, kind of both those ways, like in a lot of different, uh, kind of ways, whether it's students who are actually in the program or students who are wanting to get into the program, um, definitely a lot of, Good value there. So I guess now I'm thinking, you know, everything that you've said, you know, there's obviously so much happening in higher ed all the time. And maybe now kind of like joining a team, joining a company, like working in a different way, um, anything like that. Like, what are you geeking out about right now? I don't know if it's like, you know, stuff that helps you to like relax, to be able to kind of process and just sort of like, you know, buoy yourself through all this kind of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the stuff that's going on or um, stuff professionally that you're kind of uh, connecting with to help, um, you know, your you and your work every day. So however you want to take it personal and or professional, what are you geeking out about right now? That's a, wow. That's quite the question. I mean, I was just <laughs> thinking about the fact that when I pitched this role, uh, to the, to Matt Lanham, the CEO of, of Gecko, I said, you know, I'm kind of coming in from the desert. I've been out on my own for nine years. I I've been my own boss. I've been my own company in that sense. And I, I, I can't recall what it was like to work with, with a team. And it, and it was kind of frightening in many ways. And I was mm. thinking, you know, I hope I, I, I hope I'm not too feral, uh, to, to, you know, reintegrate with, with, you know, with colleagues and with professionals. And I think one of the things I've been geeking out about is that, you know, time and time again, you know, if it's through like our, our countless Slack channels that we have behind the scenes uh, with the company um, that I, I made the right choice because my colleagues are just and, and they're going to probably hear this. But I think I really think they are just wonderful, beautiful people. Um, and and that's a bit gushy and a bit American, maybe for my my Scottish uh, colleagues. <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, that's one of the things that, again, when I you know met the company uh, initially, uh, it just felt right. And I think that's that's probably the one of the things I've been geeking out sort of professionally. Uh, I think personally, um, I, I well, I, so we have a toddler. and I, I, I think that one of the things that I've been geeking out about and can will almost always continue probably to geek out about is the ways in which he learns new things mm-hmm. and how, you know, he'll he'll go to bed, he'll wake up the next day and and he'll just start talking about something 
from three weeks ago, and it's articulate and it make you know it has context and. I, I'm just fascinated by how the human mind works uh, in in that way, and I think that that kind of goes just kind of in hand with the fact that I've always been fascinated with with the ways in which people learn new things and how they kind of get to a place where they they want to learn new stuff, uh, and so that that's really something I, I tend to geek out on. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, something that I'm very excited to uh, embark on as well. It's just like seeing. Like, yeah, congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Thank you. There, yeah. So as of the recording of this, still a couple of months away from uh, first child with my wife, but um, yeah, just like sort of knowing, like my brother has, uh, you know, so my niece is two years old, so like he's been sort of remarking a lot about similar things, and um, yeah, just it's just child development kind of thing. I'm sure it's just going to be such a wild ride, and um, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously like one very unique personal aspect. And then that idea of like just, you know, working with other people in a professional capacity. And I guess also, I mean, working remotely, which I guess you have a little bit more familiarity with. But, you know, certainly for some people would also be pretty, um, pretty unique. But um, so I guess with those those kind of things, maybe I don't know if there's anything, you know, with either of those sort of geeking out topics or otherwise just like you know, that you're reading, watching, listening to that are like kind of augmenting uh, your personal and or professional life, but anything that you would like to recommend, uh, uh, we can put in the show notes. Yeah. Well, I think it's funny to say that because I, I was trying to, you know, think about like, as you sent me some questions ahead of time, I was trying to think, you know, what is it that, you know, I've been reading, watching, listening to that would actually be valuable for people. And I think, you know, this job that I've made for myself, um, with Gecko is pretty full on. And, and so, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do is kind of unplug. Uh, and, and I think, you know, as much as we've been talking about technology in this, this podcast, I also feel like there's, there's the running theme of like connecting with people and, and kind of, you know, being away from technology. And so I, I think that, you know, one of the things we have been watching though, I will say is that we've been watching a lot of succession, which is interesting. Uh, I, I love the opening piano, uh, t- the tune to that. And I think the plot is both like disturbing and highly entertaining. Um, cause in a way, we, you know, we, we were living in the UK for five years and I felt like we were sort of disconnected from sort of like pop culture in America. Uh, and I think that's where, you know, it's been interesting to come back and just p- plug in, you know, pop open Netflix and, you know, see what's on. Cause the, you know, the Netflix that you see in the UK is different than the Netflix you say, you right. see in any, states and and i'm still watching you know like bbc stuff as much as possible because you know i definitely have a like like killing eve is is a, is a wonderful show as well um and and i think that's i can't wait for the next season for that to drop but in terms of like listening you know it's funny i i am on a lot of podcasts but i rarely have time to listen to them because i don't have a drive <laughs> i don't have a drive or like a commute or you know i i, I wake up in the morning and i make coffee and i make breakfast for you know my son and it's like and then I roll up into my, my office, you know, I'm like right here. And so, and it's like straight into work. And so, you know, I'll listen to a lot of YouTube videos kind of in the background. Um, but it, again, I don't, it's mostly just music, you know, and ran, so random pop rock grime. I love Stormzy. I mean, I living in the UK. I would see, uh, sort of posters for Stormzy. He's a, he's a grime artist. Um, and, 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 and just a huge name in the UK and beyond. Uh, and I, I definitely, really enjoy listening to his stuff very cool you don't have to link out to that but yeah i feel like it's i mean with anything i guess like if you're kind of like consuming content it's like as much about the habit of it as it is just like you know finding stuff you like or whatever because i think for me it's so hard for me to like get into a good habit with reading books like i read a lot in terms of just like online articles and stuff like that but like sitting down with a book has been always just been the hardest thing 
you know, after like getting through school and stuff to be really uh, diligent with, but like, yeah, like podcasts are the soundtrack of my, like, even though I'm working remotely, just like putzing around the apartment, like doing dishes, laundry, like this or that, the other thing. Oh, so amazing. like, I've just like gotten, you know, just loving the medium and being immersed in it. Like I've just made that habit. And also like with movies and TV, like I'm always just like, okay, you know, I got to work on this show. I got to like knock out a couple episodes, you know, I got to like do that. But then like music, I, I, I'm just completely like out of the loop with music pretty bad with like keeping up with books i feel like that's kind of what i've observed it's just like it's much about the habit if it's just like whatever you naturally gravitate towards obviously like that's just the higher levels of geekdom um, yeah 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 well i I curate some pretty good uh playlists on spotify for a two-year for a two-year-old so you know (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so like music just being you know yeah you're naturally inclined to uh oh and i gotta say i should say i one thing i geek out to quite a bit is the fact that i can get pandora I always loved Pandora for music just because I always felt they were really good at discovery for new stuff. And not that Spotify isn't, but I, I'd kind of been wedded to, to, to Pandora uh, before moving to the UK. And they're not actually available in the UK. Wow. So that was like something I was always like, what? You're not. The-? And so now it's really nice to have that. Wow, it's interesting things. Yeah. That I wouldn't have known. Uh, I guess like especially like living in America for a very long time and then get like, and you, you know, being in the UK for uh, several years, like there's a lot of those like little details where it's just like, well, couldn't do this. And, but I could do this, but I can't do that. And you know, like, um, it's interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I guess then, yeah, I mean, we can kind of wrap up on the optimistic note that I love of just anything that you are uh, looking forward to in your job, life and or the world. So yeah, any one or all of those kind of oh, I, I wrote notes yeah. for all three because I thought this is, this is like an amazing <laughs> question. I thought, well, I'll start with a job because I'll get that one out of the way, I guess, in the sense that, you know, I think for me, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is just sort of getting to see how our chatbots are you know, really providing students with this around the clock support. I mean, and, and just digging into those stats and metrics. Mm-hmm. And every time we pull out a stat that is just sort of this, oh, my goodness, that is amazing. And then you think back to the impact it's having, uh, that that's just a really cool and fulfilling aspect of the role. Uh, I think from a life perspective, you know, a simple thing, just like going for a run around the park with my family. You know, it's literally just us, no distractions. And, and you know, that's a moment that I, I, I really sort of cherish um, every day that we get the opportunity to do it. Uh, and I think maybe because, you know, I lived in a country, you know, the UK that had a national health service. Um, that kind of informed my next um, answer for the world. I think I, I sort of look forward to a day you know, where you know, we don't have to push for things like healthcare and education on a global scale for everyone. Now, yeah, that'd be a bright day uh, in our future. Because I think, yeah, it's just interesting so much now. Like, it's at least sort of more normed in kind of like American political conversation to at least be like, figuring out like, well, how would we do that? How would we like really provide a more kind of full hearted investment into, you know, higher education and, um, yeah, like, uh, just like medical coverage and those sort of things. So there's obviously like a lot of options of how to do it and sort of how to maybe like phase it in or something. But then like, I guess it's just interesting. I guess the difference too, of like realizing more and more how like America is sort of, or at least maybe in this current moment, but also quite a bit historically like driven by states like as much as the federal government like tries to do things like we're seeing a lot of like interesting you know uh developments in terms of like you know free college or whatever like it in uh various state systems so, oh yeah exactly um, yeah so that's kind of what always reassures me because i'm kind of like oh man is it how is it gonna happen if it happens or you know uh those sort of things but 
states are figuring out and hopefully, you know, like, can I get some momentum going for uh, something more broadly? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Good stuff. So, um, yeah, that is all great stuff. We'll have ways to connect with you and uh, get to engage and everything that we mentioned down in the show notes as usual. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time. It's good to talk with you again. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. I mean, for reaching out to connect to do this. So it was a really, really good conversation. It was awesome. Thanks a lot, Dustin. This podcast is part of the connect edu podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at connect edu pod or at connectedu.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.